If you kind of like fitness, then you'll definitely love this podcast. You are listening to the only fitness podcast where you'll hear a lot about fitness and a lot about other-ish. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. What is going on, everybody? We're back with another episode. What is up? You know who it is, your host with the most, Alan Yee speaking. And joined with me, as always, is Monica Blanco. What's up, Moni? What's poppin'? You've been making some Moni? Moni moves. Moni moves. Those playlists that you're putting out, are those are pretty cool with the... That seems like a lot of time and effort, though, but you're putting out the playlist with the workout on it. Oh, yeah. I have been off my game lately, but bring it back. It's so fun. Good for you. I don't think I could do that. You can do anything you set your mind to. That's true. That's true. And you're helping people work out. And I think one of the biggest issues people have with working out sometimes can be the schedule and scheduling their workouts and figuring out what days to go, whether they should do back-to-back workouts, um, things like that. So maybe let's dive into that topic a little bit more here today. Sounds good. Let's talk about it. First things first, there are people who can only work out, you know, three times a week. That's what we usually recommend, getting in at least three workouts a week. Um, And so I wanted to talk more about that for the people who can, at maximum, get in three workouts a week what should they do what should their workout look like how many rest days do they need in between going to the gym and things like that so do you want to start us off with what the schedule would look like let's say you've got a client and they're coming in they're like hey i can only work out three times a week what are you looking at in terms of their schedule are we gonna create like an avatar like are we gonna ask what their goals are sure let's create an avatar i'll be the client so hey monica really love you know your workouts that you post on instagram i've been doing those for you know the past month however i feel like you know i don't know when to do them and also i want you to create you know a program for me and a schedule for me i'll just let you know right now i'm super busy i'm working you know my regular hours, nine to five. And on some days where I have more meetings, I just can't make it to the gym on those days. So maybe at maximum, I have three days to work out. I don't know what to do, when to do them, or what I should be doing when I'm in the gym. Well, I would say follow-up question, what are your goals when it comes to the gym? My goals right now, as much as I would love to you know, lose a little bit of fat and gain a little bit of strength. I think really my goals are just to make it through and survive. Just keep what I have right now and feel good after my workouts, to be honest. Keep what you have right now. What do you mean by that? So I've got, you know, a little bit of strength and a little bit of muscle. And basically, I just want I don't want to just keep gaining body fat because I know if I take two weeks off, let's say, I don't feel as good about my body image as if I'm able to go to the gym at least two or three times within a week and be consistent with that. See, okay. Well, when it comes to in general with any client- Are we role-playing right now? Oh my God, this is the first time I've ever role-played. Okay, Um, enough with the foreplay. Let's get into (laughs) it. Tell me. What, tell you what to do Mm -hmm. in the gym? Tell me what to do. How to split your workouts. Tell me, well, first, I only have three days to work out. Is that enough? More than enough. More than enough. 
But I well, see people going to the gym literally every single day. There's that one guy, Alan Yee. He's going to the gym every day. Does he? I can't keep up with that. Yeah. Well, you're not him. No. You are not, you. You're not him. You are not him. You are not him. <laughs> you are you. You do you. You don't need to be him. You okay. need to be you. True. Um, I lost my train of thought now because I'm thinking about um, TikTok playing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but basically, yeah, he's like I see people on Instagram and other people that I follow. They go to the gym, you know, five, six, seven times a, a week. I can only go three times. What should I do? Like, when I should go I go three times also? When? Mm-hmm. Like, can I go on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then all of my meetings are Thursday, Friday, and just skip those days and then skip the weekend? I mean, I say whatever fits your schedule best. Okay, I could do that. I also learned something on TikTok. Yeah. When it comes to managing your energy levels, because energy is important when it comes to your workouts, right? You want to be able to to give them the best you can. Um, And so I learned this thing, red light, yellow light, green light, to help you determine like, okay, red light is when you're barely surviving. That is like very low energy. You're barely making it through your job, work day. Probably not going to get a lot done. That's fine. Yellow light, you can probably do that and some. Green light, you're going to achieve all of the things. So on your green light day, that's when I would work. Green light days. Okay. That makes sense. I need yes. a little bit more of a schedule. So maybe okay, I'll Okay. Let's in. say Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. Uh, why Monday, Wednesday, Friday instead of like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday? It can be either. Oh, it can be either. Okay. And don't overthink it. Don't overthink. Okay. So you're leaving at least like one rest day in between if I can. If you can. You don't it, have to. Is it okay to not have a rest day? Yes. Okay. Like, I mean it as in like, what if I work out on Monday and I'm super sore and I know I can only work out on Tuesday. I can't have it as a rest day because I'm not going to have time the rest of the week. Should I still work out on Tuesday? You can move, maybe not as intensely as you did before. Cool. Okay. So yeah, on that topic, I'll hop in here. I'm no longer role-playing. But basically, there are some arbitrary days that people love to use. You know, you can work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, any sort of, you know, combination of those two or any other type of combination. But the reason why people gravitate towards a Monday, Wednesday, Friday is that it's really easy to one, build routine and build consistency with knowing you're going to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Also built in and baked into that is a rest day. So in between Monday and Wednesday, you have a rest day. In between Wednesday and Friday, you have a rest day. And then in between Friday and Monday, you have the weekend to also rest. So this kind of fixes the problem if you are feeling extra sore that you do have a day to rest and can go back into your workout. So along the topic of working out three times a week, people will usually, and also for my clients, I usually gravitate towards three full body days in terms of frequency. And so why three full body days? Well, with the three full body days, what you get and what you can expect is that you're going to hit all of your muscle groups at least three times in that week. And let's say even if you can't get three workouts in that week, maybe you only get two workout days, 
you're still hitting all your muscle groups at least twice that week. And so the research. Why is that important? So, yeah, great question. The research dives into optimal training frequencies for your muscle groups. And of course, there's a lot more to be said about that. But basically, if you can stimulate muscle protein synthesis every 48 to 72 hours, which is the you know range for most people, that's going to provide you with an optimal stimulus. So the most popular and most famous training program that most people can kind of think of on their own is working out five times a week and splitting up each day into separate muscle groups. So this is known as the bro split. So for example, Monday, International Chest Day, you hit all your chest muscles. Tuesday, you'll do maybe back. Wednesday, shoulders. Thursday, arms. Friday, you skip because no one actually hits legs on Friday. And so that's what you'll normally see. With something like that, you're only getting a stimulus to each muscle group once per week. And let's say you do chest every Monday, you're stimulating it every, what, more than 144 hours, however long, you know, six days times 24 is. So you're not getting that optimal stimulus. Whereas with a full body program, you're able to hit each muscle group three times a week if you're going three times that week. And let's even say you only can go twice a week, right? You're still able to get some sort of stimulus twice that week, right? So it comes down to not only how you schedule, but also the frequency of how often you're hitting your muscle groups and trying to get into this optimal range of what your muscles can handle and not only what your muscles can handle, but what kind of stimulus is going to help either maintain them or help grow them, grow your strength, grow your muscle, and in turn help with, you know, losing body fat. How do people know whether or not they're challenging their muscles enough within those three days? That's a great question. I feel like most people gravitate towards how sore they are. And I'll right off the bat say soreness is the worst, probably one of the worst indicators or proxies for how effective your workout is. Because being sore does not necessarily mean you're going to be having a great workout. In fact, it can actually be detrimental to long-term success. Because let's say you get sore after every single workout. What's most likely going to happen is that you get so sore that you actually have to skip you know, the two other days that you had. So let's say Monday, you go super hard, you hit every muscle group, every body part, and you get so sore to the point that even after your rest day, when Wednesday comes around, and you have to skip because you just can't get moving like you wanted to. Now you've lost Wednesday. So now you're kind of backtracking on the progress that you could make, right? We want to see, you know, In order to see results, you need to be consistent. But if you're only getting in one workout a week instead of the three that's been set for you, you're backtracking. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I I feel like soreness is can be a good indicator that you you hit your target muscle groups. So I think more of a balance of if you're never sore, maybe you got to challenge your muscles a little bit more. But mm-hmm. if you're always sore, maybe you're doing a little too much. You mm-hmm. got to reel it back a little bit because you want to be able to show up for yourself. Yeah. 
I think a cool way to see if you're doing enough is to incorporate AMRAPs, which is as many reps as possible into, you know, one of your workouts. So for example, on legs, if you're always doing three by 10, maybe adding in a fourth set and with that fourth set, doing as many reps as you can, you know, with the same weight, with the same rest time, if you're able to do more than 10 reps, that is a strong indicator that you can either be adding more volume, so either doing more sets or more reps on your regular workouts. So instead of just doing three by 10, maybe this is a good indicator that you can do three by 12, three by 15. I think once you get into anything above 15, it's a mental aspect of you know counting to that high of a number and not always a strength issue just because you know doing that's almost essentially incorporating some form of cardiovascular exercise into your workout so don't usually recommend more than 15 um, but maybe you're adding in even a fourth set for next time so instead of three by ten maybe you're doing four by ten but in this example if you're adding in that amrap set and on the fourth set you're getting more reps than your previous sets that's a good indicator that you could be doing more and you have more in the tank if you're doubling the amount of reps that you did previously so let's say on that amrap set that fourth set where you're doing as many reps as possible and you're you know doubling it so getting 20 reps instead of 10 reps that's also a good indicator that you could be increasing your weight so the different ways to kind of increase how much you're doing is either increasing the number of sets you're doing increasing the number of reps or increasing the number of weight you're doing, increasing the amount of weight you're doing. And the best indicator for figuring this out for yourself is adding in an extra set, seeing if you get more reps than what was programmed in for your workout. So if you're getting more than 10 reps in this example, that's a good indicator that maybe we should be upping the weight, challenging ourselves or upping the reps, upping the sets. Always with good form and technique, of course. Of course, of course. And I wouldn't recommend doing all three. I wouldn't recommend adding a set and adding reps and adding weight. Yeah, I would go slowly. Yes, move slow. There's also another different way to program a three times a week workout program. So instead of just three full body days, what you could also do is one upper day, one lower day, and then one full body day so with this you're getting double the frequency of just hitting each muscle group once a week so you hit your upper body and all those groups twice with the upper body and the full body movement and then you're hitting your lower body body parts twice with the one lower body workout and then the one full body so maybe monday is an upper day wednesday is a lower day and then on friday you're going full body so that's another what are the what are the pros and cons Or I guess, how do those differ? How do those differ? So the first way they differ is the frequency. So the three full body days, you're getting to hit all your muscle groups three times that week. With the upper lower full body, you're hitting each muscle group twice per week, which is still within, you know, a pretty good optimal range of the amount of frequency you would want to be hitting in order to see optimal results. I'd say that's the... Is there any... 
Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, go Is ahead. there any reason someone would want to do one over the other? Um, personal preference. Some people might get bored from just doing full body workouts every every workout. And some people, you know, might gravitate towards doing an upper, a lower, and then a full body. Or maybe it's um, a preference of if they're feeling sore. So if you're doing upper body and then lower body, there's less of a chance of you being sore for the second workout, right? If you're doing your upper body movements and you do happen to be sore, then your lower body is still fine because you didn't hit lower body, obviously, on your upper body day. And then after doing your lower body, if you are sore, um, you still have one rest day in between before your full body. Got you. Pers- personal preference. Um, would would push, pull, and legs be considered three days, or is that usually like a six? Oh yeah, six you can split. Definitely do a push pull legs on a three day workout program. So you know, in this case, Monday push day. So push is hitting the muscles mainly on the front of your body. Um, any of the pushing movements, so like chest and shoulders, they tend to push during their concentric contraction, right? Pushing because, against gravity. Yeah, they're pushing. Like if you think about it, all muscles can do is pull. But maybe we're getting too much into the the abyss of knowledge. But muscles, <laughs> muscles don't push, right? All muscles pull. Like in mm. order to create a contraction the muscle belly. Oh my god, my brain. The muscle's fire and action potential and the muscle pulls on the tendon. Tendon is connecting muscle to bone. And so whenever you go through a muscular contraction, it's actually the muscle pulling at the joint to create that movement. No, no, no. But no. it's true. It's true. But in this case, when we talk about push pull legs, it's just a way to group certain muscles together <laughs> to make it easy for people to understand. So push day would be chest, shoulders, triceps. Pull day would be your back and your biceps or whatever variation of that. Um, and then legs, obviously, your legs, which, you know, quads, hamstrings, calves, hopefully, and glutes, obviously. Obviously. So yeah, you could do Sometimes- Monday push, Wednesday pull, and then Friday legs. Yeah, sometimes with push-pull days, I still do, like, on pull days, posterior chain moves. So, mm-hmm. like, your deadlifts, hamstrings, glutes. Yeah. And then oh, okay. push, you can also do your squats, leg press, quads, glutes stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, that, so you do push-pull, and you incorporate the lower bodies also into the push and pull. So, could you go over that again? So, push day for you would look like what? Which body parts? It would be chest, shoulders. I mean, compound movements would include triceps too, but then squats also. Hmm. Um, and then pull would be... Pushing the... Yeah, exactly. But I guess pulling technically. And then pull would be back, biceps, hamstrings, glutes, so deadlift also. Mm-hmm. Wow, so there we've got like tons of different ways. So you could even do a push-pull full body in this case where it's like push is not only upper body but also the lower body movements that fall into the push then you can also do your pull day which is you know back biceps hamstrings you said and then your full body is incorporating you know maybe one or two move one or two movements for all your body parts so chest shoulders biceps triceps back glutes legs hamstrings 
quads. Oh, nice. See, that is a nice, nice little split there too. Yeah. I think those, those are all different ways. And, you know, sometimes the easiest way to figure it out, if you don't want to go through the mistakes and the guesswork is you can trade, you know, your money for our time, right? We do this, (laughs) we do this constantly. Like as we're even talking right now, I'm thinking of different ways to program for people who are, you know, only having time to do three workouts per week and figuring out what is going to work with them. So I really like the way you detailed your push and pull where it is incorporating the lower body movements. Um, I guess other ways to do it is that, you know, if you want to do three workouts a week, you can go anterior versus posterior and then have a, a full body at the very end or even, you know, anterior, which would be like all the muscles on front of your body. So chest is on the front, like whatever you can see from the front facing view would be anterior movement. So, you know, you have your chest, maybe the front of your shoulders, your biceps, your quads going down the the leg. You can do tibialis raises, which I really enjoy for Ooh. knee pain. Um, and then the backside, you have your back, you could do pull-ups, you have the back of your shoulders, you know, some sort of rear delt row rear delt cable fly um you can include the sides of your shoulders either with the front or the back i think most people would prefer to incorporate the sides of their shoulders the medial delt into like a front facing movements like a shoulder press um but continuing with down the back you know back we have pull-ups rows we get down to our glutes we can do hip thrusts or rdls if we do do rdls then we also get our hamstrings finishing it off with our calves. And so that's another type of workout that people could steal right now and go ahead and do. So I really like that. Um, so, so far we've gone through, you know, three full body days. We've gave, given you one upper, one lower, one full body day type of workout routine. We've got a modified push pull full body. We've got an anterior posterior, maybe a full body at the end of that. Also, And that last full body can also just be a fun day. Maybe, you know, Fridays, fun Fridays, summer Fridays, you're having fun at the gym. You maybe work on the muscles that you enjoy doing. If you really want to grow your glutes, maybe you're doing two to three movements for your glutes, or you really want to build up your quads, maybe do two to three movements for your quads. I would say if you're going to have a fun day, pick two to three to four. If you really have time, five muscle groups that you want to be working on. Actually, I, I'm going to retrace my statement. Probably five would be too much. I would say focus two to four of your body parts. So let's say you really want to work chest, shoulders, your glutes, and your quads, right? Those four. And then pick two to three movements for each of those. You can keep it light, keep it fun, just get some volume in, work. But there are exercise. so many movements. I know there are so many movements. And like I said, this is what personal trainers do. We we pair the movements for you. But we can kind of do that here today with some ideas. So basically, when I think of lifts, sometimes you can think of sometimes. them. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we went through like the anterior, anterior lifts, posterior lifts, um, One of the other ways to look at your lifts is you can break down the push, pull, and the legs into further subdivisions. So you can have a vertical pushing motion, vertical push, so going straight up and down, pushing, 
using probably your shoulders, right? Vertical push could be a barbell shoulder press, a dumbbell shoulder press, a shoulder press machine. Those are all vertical push, right? You're going up and down, pushing. The opposite of that would be a vertical pull. So again, going you're going up and down, but instead of pushing weights away from you, you're pulling weights into you, most likely, like the pull-up, the lat pull-down. What's another vertical pulling movement? Any variation of a lat pull-down, whether you're going mm-hmm. close grip, wide grip, the D-handle that JPG has shown off for so long, or any of the machines that are also, you know, a lat pull-down. Um, then, moving on, now we're going to go into the horizontal plane. So horizontally, we can do a push and a pull. Horizontal push, that's when your body is horizontal and you're pushing. Of course, you're pushing, you know, up and down here, but your body is horizontal. So you could do something like a bench press, whether it's with a barbell or with dumbbells. Another way to do it horizontally, but now you're on your stomach would be a push up and any sort of variation from there that is pushing horizontally, right? Then you can horizontally pull, pulling horizontally, right? You can go into a barbell row, barbell bent over row, um, dumbbell row also. And this one might not be as intuitive, but you are pulling horizontally where it is a seated cable row. So even though your body isn't horizontal or parallel to the floor, you're still pulling at, at a horizontal movement, right? So the biggest difference between a seated cable row and a lat pull down is the way you're pulling into you, right? Lat pull down, you're pulling vertically. Seated cable row, you're pulling horizontally, right? And then going back yes. to the horizontal push where it's, you know, you're pushing. You can also be seated for like a chest press. That's a horizontal push. Horizontal pull, you can also have an Australian push-up where, you know, the bar is in the squat rack and you're hanging from it and you're rowing yourself up. So you become the weight, right? Your body weight and you row yourself up the Australian Oh, oh yeah. Right. Oh, I call that inverted. Inverted, yeah. Row. Inverted inverted row. So I'm sure in Australia they call it the American push-up <laughs> because we're inverted from them, right? So so far we've got vertical push, vertical pull, horizontal push, horizontal pull. Now what do we do for the legs? So most people, most maybe personal trainers will put them into two groups, right? We've got a squat and a hinge. Monica, could you tell us the difference between a squat and a hinge, what's like the main thing that differentiates a squat versus a hinge? So for example, squat, you can have a barbell squat, a dumbbell squat, a body weight squat. And then a hinge, you can have a deadlift, barbell deadlift, dumbbell deadlift, dumbbell RDL even is a hinge. But what's the biggest difference between, you know, the squat and the deadlift that we're doing, the squat and the hinge? That- Ooh, Squats, I kind of think of them as having both knee and hip flexion. So you're bending your hips and your knees. Mm-hmm. And then a hinge is maximal hip flexion, minimal knee flexion. Maximal hip hinge, hip bend, minimal knee bend. Cool. So when we're thinking about squats, we're having the knees and the hips move, right? On a hinge, it's mainly the hips. Yes. Is that how you differentiate both of those? Yes. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I think I'll just give some background info for people. One of the main actions of the quadriceps, which is used during a squat, is going to be knee extension. So creating movement at the knee. 
whereas for uh excuse me <laughs> whereas for <laughs> the the hinge you're not creating movement at the knee and you're just creating movement mainly at the hips so that's how you can work you know your hamstrings and glutes more than your quads sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even work your quads on the deadlift yes if you mm-hmm. learn how to bias them mm. your glutes how do you bias your glutes that that could be a conversation oh okay bending the knee <laughs> bending the knee do we move the knee yes oh wait what you can yeah how about like a hip thrust no what's that term um inhibition oh reciprocal inhibition inhibition? yeah what about like when you when you shorten the oh my gosh when you contract shortening the muscle yeah yeah contract so that it can produce maximal force that's what you're doing when you bend the knees in the rdl your leg your length oh yeah contracting the contraction i'm confused anyway confusing myself too yeah anyway i think that's all we have for today so i wanted to wrap it up and go over this one more time i can only work out three times a week what should i do having at least one rest day in between your workouts is probably good especially if you tend to overdo it hopefully you're not again as we went over being sore does not mean it's going to be a great workout and it could be detrimental to your long-term success. In terms of frequency, we gave you a bunch of different options, right? We have three full body days, which is great for people who don't want to think, you know, no think, just do. You can just do three full body days, do the same thing essentially over and over. Of course, maybe in another podcast episode, we can go over the programming of what progressive overload looks like. And then, you know, we have our three full body days. We have another option, which is one upper, one lower, one full body day. And again, full body could also be synonymous with fun day, right? Having a little Friday fun day or Sunday fun day, whenever you happen to have that extra day to work out, you can also do anterior posterior, and then add in a third day as a full body day. You can do push pull legs slash lower body as another day. These are all different ways to get your workouts in. And at the very least, if you can't get in that third workout, in most cases, you're hitting your body part at least twice, almost, you know, depending on how you're mixing things up. So these are all different ways. And then we went over the different types of lifts for an example workout, vertical push, vertical pull, horizontal push, horizontal pull, a squat and a hinge. So just going over that one more time. Vertical push is a vertical pushing motion, something like a shoulder press, vertical pull, like a pull up or a lat pull down, horizontal push, like a dumbbell bench press or a push up, horizontal pull, something like a bent over row or a seated cable row, squat, obviously you're squatting with the barbell, with the dumbbell, however you want to do it. You can do goblet squat or, oh right, squat or a lunge, anything with a good amount of knee bend and movement at the knee, right? So not just bending at the knee, but like creating hopefully full range of motion at the knee, like with a squat or a single leg reverse lunge. And then finishing off with the hinge, things like a deadlift are all going to be hinging motions where you're hinging the hips back with very minimal knee movement. Of course, keeping the knees bent is probably good to keep your hamstrings in a safe position we probably don't want to lock out the the knees during this movement so just keeping a small slight bend is going to be helpful for staying healthy but not creating a lot of movement and turning it 
into a squat. Wow. Amazing wrap up. Yeah. So we hope this helps. Hopefully, if you enjoyed any of this information, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram. DM us maybe what your favorite part of the episode was. I am Alan Yee, as always, at the Alan Yee Instagram, TikTok. YouTube is just Alan Yee. You can just look up my name, A-L-L-E-N-Y-E. And that is Monica Blanco at ASAP Monty, A-S-A-P-M-O-N-N-Y. This has been the only fitness podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Peace. Thank you so, so much for listening to the Only Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. Share this podcast with a friend or family member, and be sure to follow us on Instagram. Until next time, this has been the Only Fitness Podcast.